0: The Hell Fucking Yeah! Podcast. Welcome to The Fucking Yeah! Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mike Rotola. And with me today, I have the incredibly talented singer-songwriter, producer, engineer, you name it, brandy Zidane here with me today. And uh, your third studio album, Falcon, is available now, wherever you stream your music. You can also pre-order vinyl or CD on Bandcamp. Uh, you can even get a signed copy um we're definitely gonna get to the album tonight but you have some cool like packages available too for sale you have um signed test pressing there's one left so if someone's listening right now and it's still there go grab it it's one left uh you can get some polaroid picks that you've personally taken in a bundle with some with the cd and you offer handwritten lyrics as well which is really cool
1: thank you it's nice to be here with you
0: uh I'm so excited to have you here, honestly. Um, so now you're originally from Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, it's true. It's
0: true. It's true. Where are you now?
1: I am in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: How's Where the weather? You- I'm in uh, Long Island, New York. I'm in a garage
1: oh. on Long Island, New York. Yes. Okay. Well, you ever New- been? I have been, yes, a long, long time ago, specifically to Long Island, um, but not recently, but man, love the Northeast.
0: Me too, yeah. I, um, the only place I've ever lived outside of New York was Connecticut, so it's like hmm. two hours away, so I never, uh, I mean, I've been everywhere, but I've never uh, lived uh, in the middle or anywhere or on the West Coast, but maybe one day. Um, how's the weather there this time of year, Nashville?
1: Well, it's starting to get cold. Mm-hmm. Starting to uh, get. Oh man! I mean, because we're so close to the Eastern Time Zone, the the daylight savings really screws us up here. Yeah. So it, I feel the sun. Well, no, I don't feel it. I see it. I see the sun mm-hmm. start to kind of go down. Start to go down at four o'clock, and then by five o'clock, whoo! Yeah, yes. by five o'clock. That's it. Darkness.
0: I hear you. I hear you. It's the same thing here. It's like um, summertime is like two months, <laughs> and then the rest of the year is just dark and cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's kind of like how my my homeland is as well. So I shouldn't right. be so surprised. But I think once you're a parent and, and the daylight savings happen, you're like, why the hell are we doing this?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I think we. Need, you know what? I think we need to get rid of the daylight. The the whole hour change thing. Oh yeah. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just keep it, keep it ahead. So we get that extra light in the day and uh, let's move on. It, it seems antiquated.
1: Completely <laughs> unnecessary. It, it was, messes everything up. it was for a different time. There's nobody yeah. that needs it anymore.
0: It was, it was. And now I don't have like a regular schedule, so it doesn't really mess me up too much, but my wife, um, that hour, it takes her like a week to adjust to that hour when she has to wake up early in the morning and everything else. So, I mean, she, she gained an hour this time, but when it goes back, that's, you know, it's even worse. Absolutely. Um, so how are you, how, how are you doing? (laughs) Most important question.
1: Funny you ask, I'm actually just getting over COVID. Oh no. So, um, I have almost spent 20 months avoiding the, the darn thing and, um, then I get it on release day of Falcon. So wow. interesting little bookend to this whole adventure.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you're getting over it now. You're on the other end, feeling I'm better? On,
1: I'm on the other end. I have uh, about a day or two left of isolation. That's why I'm coming to you from my bedroom right here. Nice. nice moved, right? All my, moved all my gear in. <laughs> I'm just like. You know, I'm going to set up and not contaminate anybody, so...
0: Oh, so you're yeah. still doing the, uh what do they call? Yeah, isolation. Um, yeah. yeah. Quarantining, quarantining.
1: I'll tell you what, though. I <laughs> I say, I got it from a vaxxed person. I am a vaxxed person. Right. I was sick as a dog. Really? <laughs> for wow. days, so...
0: Wow. Now, I had it at the very, very beginning, even before, like, March of last year, and... Uh, oh, wow. It was weird. It was just... I just couldn't taste anything and just kind of slept. I don't really remember much else. It was like five days of just kind of sleeping. Yeah. Um, we don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> we
1: all know about it, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're getting better. Um, you. So let's start at the beginning. Where did your musical journey begin? Did, did you grow up in a musical household?
1: My household wasn't necessarily musical I didn't sort of grow up with music surrounding me uh, I do have family members sort of distant family members that played music uh, and my grandfather who passed away when I was super young played as well so I kind of do think that music is in your genes a little bit sure um, but it wasn't in the household specifically but it was always something I remember doing from an early, early age. Single digits singing was something I loved to do. Um, I was in choirs, in classical voice lessons for most of my childhood, and then in my, into my teens, doing all of the things. Honestly, I was I was fortunate to have people around me that enabled me, and saw that. It was something I loved to do. It was something that I was gifted at and I was given opportunities. So it just kind of took this path. And then I, I started, you know, listening to, bands and people that played their own songs at around 10 and i was so fascinated by it i remember being in at recess with my yellow walkman with an ace of bass tape in the back of the field like <laughs> singing along to it like oh yeah yeah just thinking this was so cool and and it had an annie lennox tape too it's so funny i don't even know where those came from yeah um uh, and then I discovered the Beatles and then all of the 60s bands that you love to love when you're a teenager, you know. So, And then I when I started writing my own songs and kind of figuring out, like, oh, yeah, okay. I knew I wanted to play music, but once I started finding that path, you know, the, the songs and, oh, I can do this and there's ways to kind of have a career kind of yeah. learning those things early on growing up in Winnipeg, there was a lot of people that were doing it and I was exposed to them. So a lot of really good people along the way, kind of helping me out.
0: Yeah. Now your professional career actually started in Canada um, with a Juno nominated duo, Twilight Hotel. Uh, the band mm-hmm. released three studio albums, two of them earning Juno nominations. You then moved to Texas and Twilight Hotel twilight hotel disbanded um what caused the dis? is it called disbandment i don't even think there's a word yeah. but we're going to use that tonight
1: disbandment
0: yes, disbandment so. <laughs> very dark um yeah. and what brought you to texas
1: well honestly you know we had been a band for like quite a while three three records an ep in there um We had been touring Canada, touring Europe. We started to tour the States. We got these Juno nominations, which for people that don't know, it's pretty much the equivalent of, um, it's Canada's Grammy, let's just say. And, you know, we were kind of, we weren't feeling the love and we were having a really hard time getting any traction in terms of the industry, like getting an agent and a manager. At that time, we'd been coming to the States and people were booking us and just like, giving us opportunities. And it was, we went to the Junos in Vancouver that first time we were nominated and we just, we kind of made the call, like, let's go where people are giving us opportunities. Let's go where the love is. And that was the States. And we kind of made a couple calls, you know, should we go to Austin? Should we go to Memphis? There was a couple places we'd been spending a lot of time at in between tours and had friends had developed relationships with people that we cared about. And we thought, okay, we love Austin, Texas, Texas is, I still love Texas. Texas has a thing to it. And it does, especially Austin at that time, you know, super Bohemian. uh, It just called out to us and we ended up moving down and living, um, living, in a community, on a commune, wow. just on the Austin city mm-hmm. limits. And there there was this woman named Deborah who was a fan of ours and came to some of our shows previously and we became friends. And then she said, come and live, come and live with us. And we created some of our best friendships at the time and, and really special bonds with people. And yeah, it just, I love Canada so much, but it just didn't really it didn't work out for me living there to do what I wanted to do. I think also when you spend somewhere with your, with your super formative years and when you're really just developing as a person and as an artist, it's hard to then be who you're going to be. Like sure. as soon as I went away to the states, I kind of I left left it all behind and i could really become who i was going to be if that makes sense you know does
0: absolutely Um,
1: so yeah texas it just it it felt like the right move and it was the right move and we were a couple me and dave from twilight hotel and i think to put it really simply big moves lead to big moves Mm -hmm. and we had been together. We were in, I was in my twenties. I think we just kind of needed to part. We ended up staying as a uh, together as a band for a couple more tours after that. Cause we had just made a record when the wolves go blind, still part, still really proud of that record. Um, but yeah, you know, it just had to end I'm really yeah. grateful for the time, but yeah. Then Texas just kind of like, Took me in after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now you joined a, like a super group there, right? The Trishas.
1: I did. I did join the Trishas. Yeah, one of my best pals, Kelly McQuee, was in the band, and she said, "Kind of need a player, a yeah. guitar player. So why don't you come and do it?"
0: Like, well, Things so, are just happening.
1: You know? Damn. Okay. Well, I hadn't yeah. yet done that for other people. I had only been playing guitar for myself and for the band, and. I took a couple of days, to think, to decide on that one. Uh, again, another through line, like I had someone in my life that was very encouraging at the time saying like, of course you can do that. Like, just go and do it. You just got to learn the songs. You're great. Go and play the, play the songs, play the guitar. It's great. You already know what to do. Yeah. So, and then we toured around all over the States for, gosh, I think about five years. It was a really, really special time.
0: Wow, five years. Um, so Nashville, right? Did you would you say around two thousand fifteen? Is that's when you moved to Nashville, or
1: you know, you're probably right.
0: Okay, well, because the first the first solo album was two thousand fifteen, uh, and then again in two thousand eighteen with Secret Here and now yeah. Falcon. Uh, so what draws you to doing solo records opposed to recording with a band?
1: Well, I'd taken, I used my time with the Trishas to, I kind of remember thinking, okay, so my whole identity's wrapped up in this duo Twilight Hotel that I'd been a part of for a decade. And I couldn't even remember what it was like to be playing solo as a teenager anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I took that time with the Trishas to kind of sit in the back of the van, you know, see the sights, do my job, but also quietly like scheme of like okay well what do i want to say what do i want to be as this solo act do i want to do this um just kind of asking myself those questions and also figuring out well let's try some writing out let's do some things and i had been put in touch with with this wonderful producer named george reef and we made an ep together he he's kind of well known He, he was Rest in peace, George. He was well known for producing um, some Band of Heathens records, as well as Ray Wiley Hubbard. So really cool Texas stuff. Um, mm. But George and I kind of needed a producer to get something out of me that hadn't that I hadn't gotten out of myself before, and he did that, and he showed me kind of a new sort of rock pop way to write and to sing. And we made uh, a, a little EP, and then, and then I knew really quickly that I had to leave. <laughs> I had leave. To leave Texas as well. <laughs> knew, as much as I loved it, um, you know, I was coming up on my thirties, and I just kind of thought, you know, I just I love I do love Nashville. Kind of has a little bit of a more of a business working ethic to it, which I really appreciated because sure. I have that side of me. I love to hate it and, um, but it's there and just kind of felt like the right natural move to come here.
0: Sure, sure. Now you'd say it's less like less of a creative control kind of thing for the solo career and more of a like find finding your voice. Would that be fair to say? Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I yeah. you know, whatever kind of group I was going to be in, and I might be in one again in my life. Who knows? Yeah. I think the creative control thing has never really been, that's never really come up in my creative endeavors. Um, I guess I've always just been somehow matched with people where we can voice, control not a thing. We just kind of come together and, sure. and do the deal. So, um, i think though what what has been really interesting is since i have been making records my whole adult life and i've been doing it in a way where i'm just taking in all of the info and the knowledge of all these people around me i finally have come to a place where i can assert this creative control in terms of i think i kind of know enough now to go ahead and produce a record which i've been doing for other artists but that i you know just did for myself with falcon um i finally got to a place where like okay yeah i think i i think i have accumulated enough little bits and pieces of things along the way in this 20 plus years of doing this so let's let's try this out and and then i do and so yeah creative control coming back to that like i finally with the solo career of kind of you know, instead of enlisting wonderful people and producers, which I will do again, of course, um, this was kind of the time to to really assert all of those things.
0: Absolutely, actually, let's get into Falcon right now. Um, I've been listening to it on repeat all day when I prepare for these, you know, these interviews and, and things like that. I uh, I tend to just immerse myself in it. You know, mm, nice. um, first of all, I love it. It's it's thank you. It's amazing. And when I found out that not only did you write, produce, perform the entire album, but you also engineered it, Um, that's truly remarkable. Um, Not only the song's amazing, but the sonic quality is kind of mind-blowing, actually, considering, like, you pretty much did all of it. (laughs) Um,
1: In my tiny laundry room.
0: (laughs) What? Wow. That's that's like a 10-person job. That's just crazy to me. Um, and it, it really shows I, th- I love the album so much. I hate to pick like a favorite track because they're all good, no, you know. Do it, do it. but I yeah, well, it. you know, why? Because I always like to let the artist know which one resonates with me because everyone's so different, you know. Like this song right. might not work with somebody else. Uh, for me, it was I Am Wild. Oh,
1: cool, cool.
0: What a like beautiful, haunting, but in a good way uh kind of song kind of reminded me of like Neil Young like his (gasps) like the vocals such an amazing track I love the whole arrangement of it like amazing song Uh,
1: very interesting thank you yeah yeah that's uh you're one of you're one of the only ones to pick that as a favorite that's really cool yeah yeah. it's uh that's this like cinematic beast of a song that just kind of occurred and happened yeah and we just like I followed it you know i think
0: I, know. That, I think that's why i like it so much it's like a um like you just said cinematic it's like such a a story to it with even without the lyrics just the whole arrangement of it um so awesome
1: oh, thank you of
0: course um and now i found something about this album very interesting you shared the summary of uh, falcon with some friends and colleagues and you got some feedback from different genders uh the male audience leaned more towards the album being heavy and the, the content heavy. And while the female audience found it inspiring. So what would you say is the reason behind that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good question. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so, so specifically um, since we're on the whole other side of this, that was when I was sending the record around to business people mm-hmm as in like uh publicist agents, managers, labels, all the things. Uh, and the, and the response really was so separate. Mm-hmm. Women would come at me after, cause that, that the, the little two paragraph summary is basically like the story of my last two years, you know, miscarriage, grief, postpartum depression, pandemic, Having a baby, like just all of these things, these really hard things, um, and then also the fact that I took it all and did something with it, and I think that the fact that I did something with it makes it inspiring to the women, but maybe the men don't necessarily want to talk about those those messy things, mm-hmm. so that's why it's heavy. Right. I, I'm not saying that they didn't find. It to be also inspiring to them, that's just what was focused on. So yeah, very interesting. And that kind of is a lot of continuous response. Not yeah. to say that it, that people aren't gonna go there <clears throat> and but uh, even songwriters, male songwriters have said to me like certain song, Falcon's Wing or whatever, like that's kind of uncomfortable territory. For them, or yeah. um, which you know what I think it's great that there's any response because I think that I think that's what we're supposed to be doing, and that's going to spur a conversation, make us talk about something, which is kind of what this whole thing is about, and what music is supposed to do.
0: Right, right, and you know what I totally agree, and I feel it's it's really important. Actually, I mean, listen, you know, it's supposed to be art, right? Whatever you put out, no matter what it is, is your art. Now, I'm, I would never put anybody down, you know, but like things you hear on the radio sometimes, like the top 10, like pop stuff. It's not really art to me. It's like just overproduced, meaningless, it's catchy, rapid, yeah. catchy, you know, and, uh, and there's
1: thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars being being put towards.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: the creation and brand of something that, that the realness of, of that artist, it's like, where are you? Let's see
0: it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, you look at the lyrics sometimes and you're like, what in the hell is he even talking about? You know, um, I think it's important to, if you want to put your, you know, your story out there, it's inspiring for people. Um, it makes people feel like they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like a lot of these, a lot of the themes and topics that you uh, tackle on this album are maybe more female geared. Mm-hmm. but I think it's important for anyone of any gender to listen to it and under at least understand or try to understand the other side. Isn't that the whole point of this whole messed up world that we're in in the first place? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the absolute point. And yeah. Also, when I think about, um, like, I consider myself to be, like, I'm a singer-songwriter, but I'm also a rock artist or indie rock, whatever you want to call it. But to sing a song like The Worst Thing, which is a rock and roll song, it is riff rock. And I just felt like there needs to be more rock songs for women, too. Like, why don't we have? They don't just have to be about, like, you know, girls right. <laughs> and <laughs> drinking right. and drugs and sex and like all of that is great. And I've written about all those yeah. things too, and that all has its place. But like, I kind of uh, of I I am of this belief currently that women are going to save rock and roll, which is kind of currently happening with so many women that are doing the thing and doing it in just the most incredible, inspiring way. But it's like, we need some songs for us too. They can't just all be for the men, you know, like there's a lot of rock and roll songs are for men.
0: I totally agree. Yep.
1: You know, and they have been through the ages. So it's like, let's, let's fucking change this a little bit for us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Just my little way, like for that song specifically, you know, when I was writing it, it was it was empowering to me. I'm like, hell yeah. I can't wait to go play this. And it like be an anthem for women too.
0: Right. Absolutely. And you know what, that exactly, that's exactly what the world needs in every aspect is balance. You know, listen, I can I can absolutely go listen to Motley Crue right now, but I can also go listen to Falcon (laughs) and they could both evoke a different feeling in me. And I think that's really important.
1: It is. It is. Um, they all have its place and it's all important and necessary because yeah. you, you're not always going to want to turn Falcon on to have a great time.
0: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. And, and yes and no, you know, I mean, sometimes, sure, sure. sometimes if you're in that mode and you just want something like, you know, that's, that's what's so cool about it. There's so many songs on the radio, like, like pop country kind of songs and things like that, that are like, quote unquote, female empowerment. And they're really, they're not though, you know, because they're they're not real. They're like, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's a horrible thing to say. Um,
1: No, it's not. I think it's real. I think (laughs) it's good. I think it's good things to say. I think there's so, there's not enough real talk out there in the industry with people just calling what things are. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. And again, like here, here's another point to what you're saying is that, um those people that listen to that music like the same thing with texas country there's some texas red dirt country that i hate
0: yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: but i don't want those fans and that's okay but, like those people can listen to that and they go and they drink their beer and they have a great time yeah. at the show and maybe some of them would like my music but like it's okay they can do their thing and we can be over here
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Like we all have, it, have our place, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's art, like what you were saying earlier. Yeah. You know,
0: I think what I look for in any genre, because I listen to everything, is is it should just be legit, just yeah. to come from a real place. That's all I really ask for. Yeah. Um, I will, you know, for the most part, accept your perspective and, and take it in and think, you know, create my own thoughts about it. Um, but, It just needs to be legit. Like all these country songs on the radio that are like, you know, back dirt roads or whatever. Those aren't real. Those are, those are just like written like bubblegum pop, you know? (laughs) So I'm glad to see that there's, there's artists out there. And that's why I love doing this show so much. And um, shout out to Lucy actually, because she gets me all these great artists like yourself. You know, it's so cool to hear things like this too, because I myself struggle with depression. I have for years and I've spoken about like my past drug abuse on this show before, but I've really never spoken about depression and things like that. I don't know if it's like ashamed, you know, I was ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. But like, even just a few weeks ago, I had like a total breakdown and I was like, I need to like tell people what's up.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to
0: talk about these things. And when you hear songs like yours, it, it's a reminder that not only is there other people out there like you, but you can talk about it. <laughs> you can talk about it. So that that's that's what I get from it, you know?
1: That's really, uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, yeah. it's crazy to think that we can still feel that we can't share and it's 2021. I mean, there's been so much headway made with all of this, but at the same time, there is there is stigma around it for sure. Yeah. You know, and even just um, to just say that you've gone through something, there's like that fear of appearing damaged or something, you know, just all of these things that come to mind, just all the fears yeah. associated with going through those challenges. But I mean, it's only, for, you know, at least in my experience, they've been massive learning learning experiences.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, it's... um.
1: If, if you're allowed, if, if you're, if you can get the help you need, you know, and then you learn yes. about yourself and then you learn what you needed to deal with and what you right. can deal with and then take that journey, which is usually a whole, a whole ordeal.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You know, and of course I, you know, I've had like, like talk to my doctor and things like that. And my, you know um, but not only have I never really said anything like this in a public manner, but. I hid it from my loved ones. Oh wow! Yeah. You know who I would like. I mean, they knew they're not stupid, <laughs> but I never right. really gave them the like full background of what's really going on. And to be honest with you, having opened up over the past month or so, um, it's kind of freeing in a way. Like I feel, I feel better just by just by letting people know that they're not they don't they're not going to hate me now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause that's like the fear. Like you think that someone's going to think differently of you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So now,
0: now that you know that it's like, all right, okay. That's good. When you're, <laughs>
1: you're, you're potentially you're, you're being vulnerable and that, right. and that you have to then be brave because you can't control people's reactions. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's <laughs> it takes a lot. It takes so much and that it it's does so good. good for you, man.
0: It does thank you you know and it's like i don't have i mean i guess you can consider this a creative outlet but not really you know it's like just me talking um but to have your ability your talent and to put those songs out is is bold and i i really appreciate it
1: <laughs> welcome i'm glad that it you know the the stories that have that have come in and even just even just without anything external um, right to just go through the learning curve of being so incredibly vulnerable in a public yeah. space. Yeah. And then it you know, it's uh, yeah, I've been really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I'm now kind of at the other side of that with the record fully being out and it's it it has its own life now. Sure. It's going to do its own thing and have kind of let it go. And I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of. I can just kind of close the book on this chapter of life, and it's, now move on.
0: It's like cathartic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you were saying before, Falcon is like the last two years of your life encapsulated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we were speaking about this, some heavy themes in the album. Um, do you record when you're in like those dark moments, or do you let it subside and? let the words tell the story when you're like in a better frame of mind, like what's your method?
1: So there's, there's never, there's never any sort of recording in quotation marks. Um, uh, the only kind of recordings I'll do is if there's, I'll do a bunch of voice memos. of. If there's usually a little thing that comes in those dark times, like a little melody or a phrase and those things go together, and I have to get it down. But I definitely write in those times. Yes. Um. Maybe there's, there's, there's writing in the times, and there's writing when there's the little bit of light that shines into. And that is also, that's kind of when the best stuff happens, when that little bit of light is shining through. Because um, then I've opened up a little bit to to the light, to the creator, whatever you want to say, the universe. And, and then the recording comes later, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. It was way later for this too, you know, (laughs) Um, I had been demoing the songs and flushing them out. And I kind of once, I mean, I honestly, I, I had my, I had my daughter lucky in March of 2020 right at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I had no idea. I had no idea I was gonna end up, you know, that winter making this record, let alone engineering and producing it. I knew I was gonna make a record. Had a totally different picture in mind. Um, And because of the experiences I went through and also once having lucky Lucky's my daughter's name, Lucky Rose, once having her and then coming upon the anniversary of uh, the miscarriage that happened a year earlier, the grief came back and hit me harder than before. And that coincided with postpartum depression. So I was writing a bunch of stuff that I didn't know was even going to come out. You know, there was a whole other record written that will get made probably soon that's completely different and and can't and can't be made by myself in my laundry room you know it has to be like in a studio and it's rock and roll like real rock and roll not saying that this isn't real you know what i mean Yes, Um, yes like people in a room playing music um but this was these songs there was something about the vulnerability of the songs that it kind of occurred to me that maybe I should just try to try to do this here in my house because of the the guitar layering the vocal layering just the call of the production calls that that they were that this what the songs were calling for essentially lent itself to something that I could maybe do and (laughs) which is a whole other side of a whole other level of vulnerability too, like Let's just, you know, have this content, but also put your stamp on all the sounds, you know, for the first time. That's just the that was almost a scarier thing to do, to be honest. Cause I right. I mean I just I didn't know if it was gonna work. Man, I really didn't know if it was gonna work, but um I kinda had some glimpses that it was going to, and then when we took it into my pal's studio to record the drums, um, and I heard all of the rest of the record come back at me through these, you know, professional like the board and everything. The speakers, I'm like, oh man, it worked! It worked!
0: It definitely works! It definitely <laughs> and, works! And, you know, he t-
1: <laughs> he took it to a whole other level with uh, how he mixed it as well, which. You know, I just, I kind of can't believe it worked. (laughs) To say say it again. But I shouldn't be so, I shouldn't be so surprised. When you make records for as long as I've been making them and just end up trusting your ears, there's not a ton of, like, I love that there's mystery around recording music and there is so much mystery, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah very simple and if you get those simple things correct you're on the right track like if the source is good you know what you're saying and singing and what's coming out of your amp um if the sounds and the source are good and you're capturing it the right way and the song is good you know That's
0: a, yeah yeah I, I totally agree and like i said before it comes from a real place, it's good, you know? Sometimes it doesn't even matter. Like some of my favorite records or even like favorite movies are like low budget, just no frills, just simple, right? Um, but I like the message that it portrays, or, but you got both on this. You got the great record with the great sound. Um, and before I forget again, because I forgot a million times, congratulations on being a new mother to Lucky. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's a, that's awesome and a great, beautiful name.
1: I mean, it's it's <laughs> it seems so new, but she's I mean, she's almost nineteen months, which is crazy. Oh, that's
0: pretty yeah. new. <laughs> it's still, new. I know nineteen months. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty new. <laughs> um, but so back to the record. Uh, I can't believe it was recorded in a laundry room. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the it, the whole thing is such a warm feeling you know i i don't know if maybe that was part post production or that's something you captured but either way
1: it's not post a lot of post, this, wow. a lot of this is not post i mean yeah there's certain there's certain effects that you're hearing that will ma- that are maybe making something seem wider and bigger but the warmth of the guitar tones the warmth of the vocals yeah that's that's the source, man. Like, um, I was just thinking when you said the laundry room, like, isn't like bedroom (laughs) pop a thing. So this is like laundry room rock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Call it that from now on. Um,
0: (laughs) that's a whole um, new genre. That's great.
1: Yes. Laundry room (laughs) started today uh, with this record. Um, but I think what really was beneficial to this was the fact that this laundry room was so fully carpeted
0: mm.
1: and really small that it was almost my own little isolation booth. Sure. So I could be in there. It was dead. So everything was being, you know, it just, it just kind of, kind of Just, all worked. Worked. just yeah. worked. I can't, I can't replicate it. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I I now live in a, a new house and um, I've recorded a couple of little live things in my music room, um, but I wouldn't be able to do that same thing I did here. I just that little room. I mean, it was little. <laughs> <laughs> there was a washer and dryer in there yeah. and, it, and then a little desk and a closet of guitars behind me. And then like a little bit of other space with a shelf and some amps and things. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like I, it would just be all dark in there. I put some little twinkling twinkle lights up and just hide away, you know?
0: Yeah. And see, that's why I do this show. You know, I, I talk to everybody on a daily basis about music and movies. It's like what I'm into and I try to open people's minds to other things because there's so much more out there. And it's so hard to find these things because there's just so much because you don't even have to have a label anymore. You can just make your own music in a laundry room. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Um, you, you can just put all this stuff, there's like oversaturated amount of content out there, but there's good stuff and you just got to find it. It's like, it's like sifting through a giant record store, right?
1: it's true um, what yeah. sorry to cut you off but no please this Is something i talk about a lot because it's true anybody can make a record but not everybody can make a record yes if you know what i mean
0: like no exactly what you mean.
1: That, this, <laughs> that this is that we have these tools that are so accessible are incredible but it also doesn't mean that you're like there's so much more content that but but it doesn't mean that there's so much more good content. So it, it almost makes it harder, yeah, to find the good things because there is so much because anybody can do it, but not anybody can do it.
0: <laughs> right. right. I said this the other day, I'm quoting myself here, you know, I had a, a band on the other day named Dury. Um, they got pretty big on like TikTok, they got really popular. And I really dug their music It was really like refreshing. Actually, it was like kind of this like throwback vintage, like kind of 90s rock and I really really liked it and it's rare to see something like that's so simple you know Mm -hmm. um yet so good and I don't know if you're familiar with TikTok at all if you're not please don't be um (laughs) (laughs) but there's this whole like island boys trend I don't know if you've heard of this I have not okay these guys it's like these two guys in like a hot tub like singing a song and it sucks okay and it's not an opinion it's just sucks like it's just it's not a good song. Um, nobody would agree it's a good song. Uh, but they're huge. And they're like millionaires and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, why is that so big? It's it's not good. It's just simply not good. Um, and everything can be subjective. Maybe someone loves it. But it's just, it's one of those things where it's universally hated. And, and well, that's the things we celebrate. And I don't understand it.
1: Well, it, it's <laughs> interesting because I think what... So so here here's my little theory on that which is not my my theory this is what is existing currently. Someone like those guys, I don't know if they had a record label or a deal before this happened, but they probably didn't. No. Labels are looking for these kinds of people to give deals to and yes. to give their money to. They're not looking to to develop an artist for five records and then have a hit. Right. And that's unfortunate. Right. Um, it is. so we're, f- we're seeing these people that are more just famous than artists. They're entertained. They're not even entertainers. They're just like famous people Yeah. So all of a sudden become <laughs> a thing for this one little dumb thing right. and they get a record deal and then they have a billion Spotify hits. Like yeah. it's just, it's, it's a really kind of cruel Fucked up world for it
0: really is. music. <laughs> it really is. It's just a flash in the pan, too, it's and and it and it's, and it's not just music. Like yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing this for a while, and I have like I do other shows too. I have like radio shows, and uh, I make music videos. I mean, you name it, I do. I make graphics. You name it, I really do it. But like, it's so hard for me to get my stuff out there because I don't want to compromise my vision. I don't want to, I want to put out what I want to put out and hopefully it catches on, but I'm not looking to make a gimmick for it to catch on.
1: Ah, you, know? you said it. You said it, it. Yeah. People need to have this, do need to have a gimmick about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. And I want that to go away. And that's really the goal of everything I do is to like, bring like realness back to everything. So, um, yeah. and you know, listen, if people don't like it, I don't really care, you know, but, um, totally. You know, just uh, I, I think it's missing talent. You need talent <laughs> when, it, when it when it comes to music. You need talent. You can't just. I'm sorry. You can't just make garbage and become rich and famous. <laughs> it ends now. <laughs> oh, man, it needs to end. It, it needs does. It, it does. I we need think, a shift in the parrot in the in the universe.
1: I think um, so. I. I I, it's going to happen it will happen it's inevitable the shifts that we've seen the the the, the life and death of like mediums of music mm-hmm. in just the last 70 years have been insane right like
0: the way that
1: vinyl died came back yeah like cd's have gone away CDs like are CD, gone. cd's killed like you know streaming has killed radio all like it's just been this whole roller coaster that i think will come back around once people realize like we can't this dude who is the billionaire at spotify like this makes no sense everybody
0: (laughs) right right you know and um, I, i hate even like subscribing to apple music however i don't have a cd player in my car and i can't hook up a record player to my car you know what i mean it's my only option when i when i'm out is to but, have this like instant access to music but i do know that
1: but it's not people- it's not necessarily the list it's not the listener's fault that right. that it is this way you know um somewhere along the line when all this was starting to happen there's there was some fuck ups
0: <laughs> <And laughs> yeah it-
1: You know, we, we can't blame the people that pay the subscriptions to the music to stream it, they're paying money. It's just the distribution has been so completely wrong and backwards. And why is this one guy, you know, with all of the money while bands have to do GoFundMes to get through whatever they have to get through, you know, it's... It's a, it's a cruel world. And there, there aren't a lot of ways to make money currently in music. There aren't unless you're, unless you're touring hundred percent of the time. So um, we're living in a time where a lot of people like, I was just reading this thing. Some, somebody was saying like, if it, if, if this were ninety if this was like late seventies, like Springsteen would have been, I don't know, driving an Uber or something.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> it just we I don't know, we it's so we're, true. We're in, we're in a different time, man. And we we yeah. can't um it's really hard to make ends meet just just doing this alone.
0: Yeah, and you know, vinyl is a beacon of hope, I think. I mean, I don't mind spending thirty bucks on a record that I like the artist and I'm gonna to listen to it all the time and I'm supporting them uh, for the most part, hopefully. And, um, you know, I'll listen, I'll have this, the album in my phone and I'll buy the record, you know? It's gotta be fair, somewhere, somewhere along the line, it's gotta be fair and I don't think it is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so crazy <laughs> how when you go to, you know, uh get an, an audiobook let's just say mm. you got to drop that 20 bucks yeah get that audiobook you know yep. you're not finding it somewhere to be streamed like what did they do right right <laughs> the book industry can we please learn from them or is that's it just so that that's so true or is it just that um cuz now because it is this way people think that music is free even though it takes so much money to make the music.
0: Yes, yeah. And it's become like almost disposable in a way because of that. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, And I'm like a physical copy guy. Like I had Laura Jane Grace on the show from Against Me. And um, she was like, you know, I bought her book on like audio CD (laughs) because it takes me forever to read a book. So I, I just like to listen to the books. Um, and she was like, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> like I showed it to her. She's like, I can't believe that even exists. I'm like, yeah, it does. And like, I'm probably the only one who has it. Um, <laughs> but, um, there was one more thing I wanted to say about the sound of the record. And it is that certain things stick out, like the guitar, like the lead guitar really sticks out on tracks, like protector, like it almost talks in a way, <laughs> That's just another feat in itself in a laundry room. And I, I just don't want to say, I can't believe it.
1: <laughs> oh man. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And
0: anyone listening to this, uh, please listen to the, uh, to Falcon. It's very, very, very good.
1: It's a lot you can do with a telly and a Princeton.
0: And yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh, it's not rocket science, you know?
0: Yeah. It's the simple things though. It really is. Yeah. Um. So you're a very inspiring person who inspires you.
1: Oh, great question um, <laughs> Man, there's so many people Currently um, I am Very inspired by Someone like Patty Smith, St. Vincent um, I am regretting So much that I missed the St. Vincent show Here in Nashville Last month Patty Smith's show at the Ryman was cancelled Which was so sad to me Um, it was going to be her first time at the Ryman and man, I needed to see her. Hopefully it'll happen again. Um, so also, you know, all of the homeland greats, like Neil Young, Leonard Cohen, and Joni Mitchell are all in my, you know, all swirling around my head all the time. And also, um, folks like Daniel Lenoir, who is an artist and producer, you have heard some of the records he's produced. He is a massive, massive, massive producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you too, Bob Dylan, Emmylou Harris, the list, the list, the list is crazy. Um, Small guys. Yeah. He, it's um, just something about what he does, his sonic palette, the way... like I take a lot of inspiration from how he layers guitars. If you were to go listen to a record of his own, you'd be like, oh that's what she's trying to do, you know? Right. Um, and also people like, there's a lot of artist producers, Jonathan Wilson, Blake Mills. Um, Yeah. Just kind of, I mean, even a band like Haim, I love them. Yeah. Ah, you know, I'm just so, yeah. I get so just fired up <laughs> when I see them play, you know, yeah. whether it's just a live clip or like, a new rock song they put out it's so good and that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about like same with St. Vincent like women saving rock and roll
0: right I really really love St. Vincent I have all those on album on vinyl they're so good (laughs) like
1: bringing the guitar solo back yeah bringing um, just good rock songs like I don't know it's very exciting to me and it's very inspiring and I kind of take I take inspiration from all of those different genre people, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Have you ever produced another artist's album or do you want to? Is that something you want to do? Yeah, I
1: have. I've been doing it for uh, the last five years. There's been a couple different artists I've worked with and yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I can't wait to do more. I'm always taking on, you know, as much as I can. Uh, people send yeah. me demos. I say yes, I say no. If it gets me excited, then I'll probably say yes. Um, if it's in my genre wheelhouse, you know, but I learn so much every time and I, I can't, I, I really can't wait to, I'm gonna be that like 70 year old woman record producer, you know?
0: Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Listen, if that's the goal, that's awesome. Hell yeah. um, now, like I said before, you can check out brandyzadan.com. And there's the Bandcamp link right on the homepage. You can order the new record. There's so many cool ways to buy it. Um, I'm going to go get it after this. And uh, you also offer lessons via Zoom, I noticed. Is that, oh, yeah. you still doing that? Yeah.
1: Are they still up there? I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They're still up there. I, do. I do, I have <laughs> It's a, it's a fun little time just kind of for people that maybe just need a little something to get, to get them going in a different way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's really cool. Um, Now I know touring is probably out of the question for a bit, but do you have anything planned for next year or.
1: It is out of the question for a little while, Um, but to be honest, it's out of the question because I don't have a booking agent and that is not something that, um, I've been self-booked for a long, long time. And it's, I don't have, I don't have time. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting little kind of tidbit of learning about when you're, I mean, I've been making my living from touring my whole adult life basically. And, um, I was spending so much time keeping myself on the road that I wasn't actually furthering my craft the way that I want it to be yes which is something I've done in these last two years of being still and uh, I'm not going back to uh <laughs> not going back to the way it was no. so until <laughs> until I have someone on the team doing that job um it's just not going to happen and that's something that I've kind of learned that needs to occur in my life sure. um but there are <laughs> some very interesting shows planned for the new year and i'm i can't announce anything yet but uh and there's also going to be another another single in the new year too
0: oh wow awesome yeah very cool
1: i man it never stops with me
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's the same way i am it never stops i've been working since seven o'clock this morning and i am shot oh, um yeah. but yeah. i'm having such a great time that it doesn't even matter um you know uh, I noticed on one of your, one of the pages you toured with Aaron Lee Tashin yeah I had him on this show
1: oh great he's so fantastic
0: what a great guy he was awesome he was awesome uh and his he music's is, amazing too
1: oh man <laughs> he is just this beam of positivity
0: yeah and he really is <laughs> uh,
1: I don't I don't know where he gets it all from <laughs> like even in his social media posts it's always always coming through and it's a beautiful thing he's a beautiful human
0: it really is He really is um so i like to wrap this up with some fun questions just to like you know ease any tension if there there was none but you know what i mean um all right what's your like number one pet peeve (laughs) (laughs) flip-flops (laughs) flip-flops what kind of flip-flops like all all types are the ones with that weird thing between the toes oh. i hate those oh. all of them
1: hate the sound they make
0: okay yes the flip-flop sound is is awful um so i'm assuming you don't wear even in the summertime you don't wear them yourself
1: no way man
0: no and now you would never like even consider dating someone uh, with flip-flops <laughs>
1: it's true i i didn't i never i, I would wow. always say i never would
0: wow <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, you answered that before I even finished the question. So
1: they have the place, so. I mean, in a let's just say, if you're like using a venue shower or something, mm. definitely put those okay. on.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: But to just go hang out in or something, no yeah. thank <laughs> you.
0: We don't want to see your feet. You know, we really don't. It's not even that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't even have anything against sand- anything against sandals. It's
0: just it's the a- sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree um bad habit you want to get rid of (laughs) Mm. if any i mean
1: and well you know (laughs) everything is so perfectly put in moderation currently
0: right so so you're good
1: i think i'm okay that's good smoking the drinking it's all just you know i don't have enough time to just kind of Go get drunk on a friday night and be hung over for the weekend so yeah yeah
0: that's a great good. answer that's actually the best answer you can have <laughs> for that question um what's on your record player or in your cd player right now what are you listening to
1: oh well funny enough um <laughs> so i happen to be a member of the recording academy and when you are you get sent all sorts of things in the mail for yeah. the grammys and when the Billboard, the big Billboard magazine came, the Grammy one came in the mail, I guess a little while ago. And in there was this plastic 45 of the Halsey single that was produced by Trent Reznor. And my husband put it on the record player because he was curious. Because I mean, if it's a Trent Reznor production, it's going to be good, right? Yes. Um, And... it turns out that my little daughter lucky loves the song
0: wow wow
1: that is what is on our record
0: player because
1: she wanted to hear it earlier and she was just dancing to it and i love it i kind of love it too i'm like oh yeah i'd take this
0: it's awesome yeah halsey is cool yeah um and you're right anything trent reznor does is gold for you know for everything really i mean Who would have saw him doing movie scores? I would have never seen that in a million years. But you know, when you're watching a movie, you know who's doing the score if he's doing it without even looking up the the credit. Um, With that being said, maybe he's gonna start doing like, you know, nursery rhymes or or, uh, (laughs) uh, lullaby music, right? Yes. If it works for, uh, if the sound is pleasant for a baby, that's that's incredible. the last thing you watched on Netflix, assuming you have Netflix, or you watch it.
1: Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> well, my app of choice is the PBS <laughs> app. Okay. Currently. Let's just the last <laughs> thing I watched on the PBS app. Yeah. Um, man, it's so nerdy because I've been sick with COVID. Um, I've been diving deep, and I love British monarchy shows. Like- okay. Nobody's business. Yeah. So I have been just ripping through the the Victoria <laughs> <laughs> series. Like I don't know why I love it so much. I just hey. love, I have pretty much watched everything on the internet that has to do with British. Money.
0: <laughs> I think we had a British phase for a while, uh, my wife and I, and uh, we watched the entire D- *Downton Abbey*.
1: Oh, and, yeah.
0: and I was like you know what I need more of this for some reason. Like this is never something i really want. I'm like into horror movies and stuff like that. So I'm like i would never watch this. But there was something about it. <laughs> and I I'm, I'm assuming you understand what I'm talking about. There's is, just something about it. It's it's
1: a it's a time that does not exist anymore. Yeah. And and it's these these ways are so fascinating that people yeah. live <laughs> this way. You know, and right. all and, uh, like Henry Eighth era and all of that stuff. It's like, how, wow, yeah, it's insane. Plus, because I'm from Canada, you know, we're part of the Commonwealth, and that. Yep. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's no, like, I agree. Yeah,
1: it's such a weird, <laughs> weird fascination. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not. I, I totally get it. I almost i when I think I explained it back in the day when we were in this phase. I was like, it's just kind of calming, like. It's like soothing (laughs) the way they talk. um, It's not boring. Most people would label it as boring. It's not boring.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's also like a reminder of, wow, we as women were living with barely any freedoms.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and,
1: (laughs) who would have thought?
0: And unfortunately, it's not much better (laughs) nowadays, but maybe a little bit. (laughs) um all right one more if you can eat only one thing for the rest of your life what would it be
1: (laughs) if i could eat only one thing
0: yeah like Uh, one food item
1: (laughs) ah that's probably pizza
0: yeah that's that's usually the the answer and that's my answer too all right Well, i can't
1: taste any i had pizza tonight and i couldn't taste it and it was the saddest thing in the world
0: oh no that's right yeah um I would that that is sad. That is very sad. Um how is Tennessee pizza?
1: Well, I'm gluten-free, so it's you okay. know, it's always usually sort of awful, but I don't even remember what real <laughs> pizza tastes like, so it's okay. It's good to me. And yeah. Thought yes, yeah, thoughts and prayers for my smelling <laughs> come back to me.
0: Yes, <laughs> definitely. And uh next time you're in New York, for whatever reason, oh, I can yeah. I can give you a couple of good pizza places. For sure. I don't know about gluten-free, but I could probably find something.
1: Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think everyone has that now if, probably. if, if you want it. Um, all right. This is a question I ask everybody. Um, on a scale from one to hell fucking yeah. <laughs> hell fucking yeah being 10, how much did you enjoy being here tonight? Hell fucking yeah, man.
1: Hell fucking
0: yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely.
1: It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: It's been a real pleasure uh, for me as well. And it was so awesome to meet you. And I'm an even bigger fan now. I, I was listening to your music all day. And, you know, sometimes you meet someone and they're cool, but they're just not, just, just not a vibe. You're, you're amazing uh, in every aspect. And um, mm-hmm. I really can't wait to see, I want to see your name out there. I want to see people listening to your record. I want to see you at the Grammys because I think you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> one day I
1: will be definitely
0: one day. yes yes thank you definitely. so
1: much man thank you for listening and taking the time much absolutely
0: uh brandy it was amazing to meet you and uh get back to you know get back to lucky and
1: uh <laughs> 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 enjoy you. your night thanks for your time i appreciate uh, it and thank uh, you, thank you. See
0: you again. Okay. i hope to see you again too
1: take care All All right, brandy, bye.
0: take care bye-bye It's the hell fucking yeah podcast